Hello and welcome into the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast again. My name is Liam. I am joined by Graham tonight. Hi, Graham. How's it going? It's going good. So, what uh, what are your thoughts from this last weekend's games? Uh, I'm very terrible at picking starting sets. <laughs> I mean, I stole all of them, so I mean, you didn't really have much of a chance. So, I got mine in first this this week. <laughs> Saw that. So yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll touch on some news here pretty quick, and then get right into the matchups. Um, just uh, we will be going over nine games today, and then we'll do the other four tomorrow. Um, and uh, by all accounts, we should have Zach tomorrow, which will be nice just to have the three of us talk in fantasy football. We're going to go over over uh, the tomorrow. It'll be the other four matchups. We're also going to do some buy and sell, some bold predictions, and then just start sits of the week. So just to get into the news, and there's very, very, very little of it. Um, Ronnie Stanley is going to have an ankle surgery that's probably going to sideline him for the rest of the season. I know it's an offensive lineman. We don't really talk about offensive linemen that much in fantasy football. When, but when it's one of the best offensive linemen, it's really going to affect Lamar Jackson and the running game for Baltimore. So I'm not too stoked on... I mean, I wasn't necessarily really stoked on the backfield in Baltimore to start with, just because there's too many mouths. Um, and then losing their best offensive lineman isn't a great either. And then Lev Bell has just been promoted from the practice squad, and that's about it for news. Do you have anything to add to any of that there, Graham? Uh, Fitz is probably back this week and starting. Which might be good, but I have a note on Terry McLaurin that I'm uh, part of me really wants Taylor Heineke to start this week, and I'll get more into it later when we get into that week's matchup. So... Why don't we just jump right into the matchups here, starting with Denver against Cleveland, which is the Thursday nighter. Cleveland is allowing the third most points to the quarterback, the 30th most points to the running back, the fifth most points to the wide receiver, and the 22nd most points to the tight end. Um, Bridgewater is does have a questionable tag for this week. He had a questionable tag going into last week. I think he's going to play this week. If he's playing this week, I think Sutton and Patrick are great starts this week because Judy's still less than 50% chance to play. But I do have low expectations for Fant, and I'm not super stoked on playing either Javante or Melvin Gordon this week. I think it's I think it's a rough week, especially because you're so dependent on kind of deciding whether or not you think Bridgewater's going to be healthy and, and capable. Um, I think I think it's also uh, Cleveland is not the third worst defense to quarterbacks, the third, fifth most to wide receivers. They they got absolutely brutalized by Kansas City and by the Chargers. Yeah, um, which significantly inflated their stats. I think they're a better defense than they are on paper, and. If Bridgewater isn't healthy, if, um, you know, I, I don't see Denver really putting up great numbers. I think you're probably still safe with Sutton, um, depending on how healthy Judy is. But even, even Noah Fant, who's been, I think he's tight end seven right now, I think you're still, you know, 
tempering your expectations for anything in that offense this week. I would agree. I'm I'm comfortable with Sutton and Patrick this week just because I don't think Denver is going to be able to run the ball. And regardless of the fact that it was the Chargers and and the Chiefs that were the ones that pretty much racked up all the points on the quarterback and the and the wide receiver to to Cleveland's defense, I still think both of them are capable enough. Not they're not Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Tyree Kill, but I still think they're they're solid low end wide receiver wide uh, I would say Sutton's a low end wide receiver too and. Tim Patrick's the flex. I think that's fair. I'd, I'd throw both slightly less than that. But I, think, <laughs> uh, I think if 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 you're if you're desperate, um, I think Sutton gives you a decent floor, just on the fact that uh, they got to throw the ball somewhere. I think Fant gives you a mediocre floor, but I. I think this ends up being a close game with a lot of punts. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing too is uh, Cleveland did lose one of their top pass rushers from last week. They put him on IR along with uh, Kareem Hunt. So, I mean, Denver's offensive line is pretty decent. Hopefully they can keep Bridgewater upright enough for Sutton and Patrick to see some targets. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the, all that you can really target four players on Denver. Moving over to Cleveland, Denver is allowing the 30th most points to the quarterback, the 25th most points to the running back, the 16th most points to the wide receiver, and the 31st most points to the tight end. I am not super happy starting anybody on this. I I, I might consider flexing Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I would also consider flexing Johnson just from a, a volume standpoint. Like Dearness, because both Hunt and Chubb aren't playing this week. Cleveland Cleveland runs well, um, even beyond the fact that they have two the most dynamic and talented duo in the league. Uh, Hunt should easily be a starting running back on most teams, um, but Cleveland does run the ball well. They have a good offensive line. Uh, it's not unreasonable to think that. Johnson is the guy who scores the lone touchdown for Cleveland or yeah so I, I think either are decent enough um, options if you're you know hurting for someone to throw in your lineup yeah and I mean it the the problem that I have with Darius Johnson is last week once Hunt got hurt you didn't really see them run the ball after that. And I just feel like if Denver ends up getting up in this game, because let's be honest, like three or four big pieces on Cleveland's offense, not necessarily their offensive line, which is very good, but we're talking, we don't know if Landry's going to be back this week. OBJ is still fighting some injuries. Hunt and Chubb are out. And Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum in his left shoulder and is still questionable for Thursday. He says he's playing but he's still listed as questionable. I just don't know. Like, if Denver gets up, are they going to abandon the run again? I think a lot of it is that I don't see Denver getting up. I see this <laughs> being a punt-heavy um, punt game with 
not a lot of excitement on either side, and I think that plays into Johnson's hand um, a little bit just because their offensive line is good, they run the ball good, and they probably don't want to drop back in shotgun that much with Mayfield right now when yeah. you know any hit, um, however slight, could aggravate what is already a pretty serious injury. I mean, yeah, especially with that pass rush from Denver. The pa- like Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller, two very good pass rushers. So, I mean, if he's already hurting, I, I guess torn. It, they said it's completely torn, so it, it can't get much worse. I'm I'm assuming. Not a doctor, but I'm assuming it can't get any worse than fully torn. Um, did you have anything else to add to this matchup, or can we no, move on to a matchup that's probably a little better for fantasy? Yeah. All right, let's go to Carolina and the Giants. Um, the Giants are allowing the sixth most points to the quarterback, the sixth most points to the running back, the fourth most points to the wide receiver, and twelfth most points to the tight end. The Giants are also allowing the second most rush yards to the running back. So, I mean, CMC's out; he's on IR. So this is a great game for Hubbard. Darnold also a great streamer for this week. Um, DJ Moore is the only wide receiver I want to start in Carolina. I know it was rough last week. He still had a good amount of targets, but I have absolutely no confidence in Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall. Yeah. Uh, you know, Anderson could prove me wrong again for a second week if he gets a fluke touchdown, but I don't see any reason that last game gives you any confidence in starting him. Uh, more, I think you're you're starting him every week, and I think Hubbard is a a very good shot to be RV one this week. Uh, it's hard not to see with how terrible that Giants offense has been. Uh, Carolina has a great defense. It, it's really hard not to see them ending up with a decent lead and running the ball a lot in this one. Yeah, and I think Hubbard's a, a great start. And the other thing I like about that, too, is if they are running the ball, they have been using DJ Moore out of the backfield as well this year. So you could see him getting some rushes this week, too. Um, Carolina's defense special teams, that's a great start for this week against the Giants because the Giants are (laughs) Daniel Jones, turnover machine, Tony not playing, Galladay's out, Shepard is questionable. I, I can't remember if they cleared him today or if he's still questionable. Um, but, uh, I mean, going over to the Giants' side of the ball, we might as well go there now, but they're allowing, uh, Carolina's allowing the 14th most points to the quarterback, 32nd most points to the running back, 22nd most points to the wide receiver, and 16th most points to the tight end. They're a really good defense. The only person that I'm confident in streaming this week, I'm not even confident in just starting them. Uh, I mean, I, I lean more to, I, I could be confident in Evan Ingram, because he's going to see a lot of targets because there's no one else there right now. I I think Ingram is, I think I got him on my start sit tight end. Um, I think Ingram is, I think he's, he's a very good receiving tight end when he's healthy. And I think that there's very little chance that New York is in a close game here. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Uh, and I, I think it's hard not to see them throwing it Ingram's way a decent amount this one. 
Yeah, and Barkley, they haven't ruled Barkley out for this game, but I, I mean, if I don't think he's playing with the ankle the way it was. I don't think he's playing this week. I think they, especially in a tough matchup against Carolina, I think they're going to use Booker again. I thought they had ruled him out, but if they haven't, they probably will sh- very soon. Um, and yeah, I, I don't see him playing this one. Uh, and I don't see why you'd throw him in for a game against a defense like Carolina's against the run to basically just run into a wall for three hours. Yeah, just rest him up, let him get healthy, so you have him for the rest of the season. I, I Yeah, I, I don't think it's a smart idea to start him. All right, well, let's move on to the next matchup, unless you have anything else to add to this one. Nope. All right, we'll go to Atlanta and Miami, which, honestly, I have a lot of a lot of players I'm happy to play and stream in this matchup. Um, that, honestly, the words coming out of my mouth feel kind of gross when I say it, but there's just there's lots of potential here with high ceiling. Um, Miami, looking at Atlanta's side of the ball first, Miami's allowing the ninth most points to the quarterback, the fifth most points to the running back, the third most points to the wide receiver, and the 14th most points to the tight end. Miami is also allowing the third most passing yards. So Matt Ryan, great streamer this week. You can start him with confidence against Miami. Miami's defense is not good. Both, I feel like both... Davis and Patterson are going to be relevant this week. And Ridley is a great start going against that Miami defense. It's allowing the third most points to the wide receiver. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think you can start both backs out of the backfield. I think at this point, as crazy as it sounds, I think Patterson is a every week starter, regardless of matchup. I agree. Uh, but I think this week, you know, Davis has had a very good floor. A lot of people have uh, been very hard on his ceiling as far as starting him, but he has been right around that 10-point, 12-point uh, mark pretty much every game. And I think that this is a week where chances are they're going to be utilizing him a little more it's a soft matchup i think he i think he does well and i think um that whole offense really uh if you've got a piece in any one of their their names ridley patterson davis ryan um i think you you can pretty much start anybody with uh some confidence yeah, Pitts too, because I mean, you paid up for him, so you're probably going to start him. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it's 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 not a great matchup, but it's an okay matchup for Kyle Pitts. Um, looking at the Miami side of the uh, the Miami side of the ball, Atlanta's allowing the fourth most points to the quarterback, the twelfth most points to the running back, tenth most points to the wide receiver, nineteenth most points to the tight end. Atlanta is also allowing the fourth most rush yards to the quarterback, which. And I didn't think I'd say this, but I think Tua is a really good streamer this week because he can run the ball. Atlanta's defense is terrible. Like, he's going to be able to utilize Waddle and Parker if he's healthy, as well as Gesicki. Um, Waddle's got a great matchup going against Atlanta. And I think, like, if anything breaks down or if they decide that they're going to do some design quarterback runs, I think Tua is going to be a great streamer this week. 
I think Waddle and Kasiki are great streamers, which you know plays into Tua also being a good one. I think uh, this week I am uh, rolling the proverbial dice on Gaskin again, and I've <laughs> got him on my start list. Uh, they seem to give him two carries or 20, and uh, when they give him 20, he he goes off. Uh, I, I could see them throwing the ball to him a little bit. Maybe they'll look at the other sideline and realize how you know, valuable throwing the ball to a running yeah. back could be, uh, watching Patterson destroy them. So no kidding. I'm I I'm optimistic that Tua will uh be utilizing Waddle, uh Gasicki, Gaskin, throwing some shorter stuff, getting completions and not uh not trying to make passes that he's not very good at. Yeah. And yeah. If he keeps it short, if they use Gaskin in the running game, I could see Miami putting up a lot of points in this one and Tua having a very good week. Agreed. And I mean, if, with if Parker's out, I, I feel like that also benefits Gaskin just because you're taking away one of their main weapons. So, I mean, even if Parker's in, he's still relevant. Fuller's still out. Parker's out. I, I give a big bump to Gaskin. All right, so we'll go into the next matchup, and this is one of the ones that I'm more excited to talk about, uh, Washington against Green Bay. So looking at the Washington side of the ball, Green Bay is allowing the 18th most points to the quarterback, the 16th most points to the running back, the 25th most points to the wide receiver, and the 15th most points to the tight end. Fitz is on his way back. He might start this week, but the reason why I don't want him to start, and I, and I want Heineke to be the starter, is because... Terry McLaurin's had two pretty bad weeks these last two weeks. And this is a tough matchup because Green Bay is pretty good against the wide receiver. I think Terry McLaurin is a trade target. I don't think he's going to have a good week this week if Heineke's a starter. I think if Fitz comes back, Fitz is going to hyper-target him, so he'll be decent. Makes him a lot harder to get off any other team. If McLaurin has a bad week this week, I feel like you can go get him off the owner of McLaurin for a lot cheaper than the the return he's going to give you for the rest of the season. I, I think that one's a tough one. You're probably playing into hoping that whoever drafted McLaurin isn't that big of a football fan. Um, I think if you have McLaurin, you've watched Heineke you know, struggle and fail the last couple of weeks to get him the ball on any kind of regular basis. I think you're probably just crossing your fingers and waiting for Fitz to come back. I think uh, as far as hoping McLaurin will be a good trade target, I think you're actually better if Fitz starts this week because it isn't a plus matchup. Uh, Green Bay is more than capable of... Uh, doubling up and creating some situations that make it hard for McLaurin to do well while still allowing for a lot of uh, tight end targets and different things like that. And if Fitz is back and he has a decent game and McLaurin doesn't have a great game, 
I think he'd be easier to target him than if Fitz just isn't back and McLaurin owners are just waiting for him to come back. I mean, you are the resident Green Bay expert, so I, I mean, that probably is true. I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking at what Heineke's done within the last couple of weeks, and I'm hoping that it, my hope, regardless of who's starting at quarterback, is that he's not having a good week this week because I feel like he'll be easier to get. Um, Antonio Gibson, he went down a couple times last week with the shin injury. He has been playing for more than three weeks with a stress fracture in his shin, um, which just astounds me at the fact that he technically has like a fracture in his leg. He is a running back. He is constantly getting hit in the legs. Why is he still playing? Why are you not sitting him and letting well, him get healthy? You just, you just got to think his ability to plant and make any kind of uh, strong move off that leg's got to be completely hampered. And um, I, I just, I think this week, it's hard to see them leaning on him. I think there's a very good chance Green Bay gets out ahead early. Um, I mean, I, he I might not play this week either. We might as well go over to the Green Bay side. Yeah, there's too many questions on the Washington side, but I feel like, yeah, Green Bay is probably best to go to. Like, okay, we'll we'll go to Green Bay. Washington's allowing the most points to the quarterback, the ninth most points to the running back, the second most points to the wide receiver, and the seventeenth most points to the tight end. Oh no, they're really good. They're they're decent against the tight end, but who cares? Because Green Bay does not use, like Robert Tanyan's irrelevant. So, um, Washington is also allowing the most pass yards. Like, watching what Rodgers did last week against Chicago and basically telling the fans, I still own you. Like, this is, like, him playing Washington this week. Like, he, I think he's going to be QB1 on the week this week. I think it's very easy to see him in the top five. And it it's it's certainly not... Anywhere far from uh, possible to see him in the QB1. I think the only thing that potentially stops him is that if they get up big early, they might just not throw the ball that much. They might throw Jordan Love in if they get up that early, like big that early. But yeah, I still, so I still think, I think there's a possibility of him throwing like four or five touchdowns in like three quarters. I think... I think it's very, I mean, he could throw four in the first half against Washington. Yeah. Um, and, you know, three of those to Adams. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Adams and Rodgers could play half a game in this one, and both of them end up in the top five at their position. Yeah, I mean, Washington's uh, allowing the second most yards to yards receiving two wide receivers. So I think Adams, like, he's going to go off obviously, but, like, what other wide receiver are you, like, are you looking to stream from that team? Because I feel like with the the plus matchup for both the quarterback and the wide receiver and just how many passing, like, receiving yards they're allowing to the wide receiver, this is a great place to find a stream. You're the resident Green Bay expert. What, re what wide receiver would you be looking at? Personally, I... I think a lot of it is really right now I think you're looking at a bit of a, a coin flip. Um, but I think if you have Adams, you're stoked. I think 
that this is one that's going to get out of hand quick, which really doesn't play into other receivers as much. So you're not looking at you're not looking at Cobb or Lazard. If I had to pick one, I would take Cobb. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably where I'd go to. I think that Cobb, obviously, he's got Rodgers' faith a lot more. He's he's good in those short yardage plays. He can actually block. Um, I I think that he's going to be on the field a little more. And uh, I think he he offers a better chance, but again, I I just I see Green Bay getting ahead quick in this one. Yeah. Uh, if Fitz is back, Fitz is definitely a wild card. Fitz Fitz can be QB one on a week in a bad matchup, and QB twenty five in a good one. Like he's he's tough to predict, and if he's Throwing well and he's throwing the lights out. This could be this could be a shootout. It could be you know a forty point game on both sides. But I think the the smart money is on Green Bay, um, really punishing them early and uh, Washington getting down and having to kind of throw their way back into it a little bit, uh, which. I don't think really plays into the hand of any Green Bay wide receivers outside of Adams, who I think is going to catch a lot of the early stuff. Maybe I'm just realizing this now, but like looking at, and this is, this has been a, a thought that's plagued me for this year is where has Robert Tanyan gone? And now I'm, now I'm realizing like Cobb is the only difference from that receiving court last year. Like is Cobb essentially their tight end? <laughs> I think I think he I think he takes a lot of those kind of throws. Um, yeah. I think it's it's not that dissimilar to what you're seeing in Atlanta. I don't think yeah. Pitts has been bad. I don't think he's a bad target, but I think Patterson is just so much better as a safety uh, valve for Ryan, and he's just taken away a lot of those throws that might have gone to the tight end in years past. And I think in Green Bay, you're seeing a similar... I mean, Tanyan was very hit and miss last year. Uh, but I think that his ceiling has evaporated a lot and his floor has always been really low uh, because of Cobb and how good he is as, a, um, as kind of that second safety guy doing the short yardage, making those those little plays, uh, I think he has taken a lot away from him. Okay. And just one note that I wanted to add uh, before we move on to the next matchup. Um, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Washington, but I think Ricky Seals-Jones is an okay start this week. It's not, it's not an awesome matchup, but I think just with how much Green Bay is locking down the wide receiver – and how much it sucks to play in tight ends if you don't have a really good one. I think Ricky Seals-Jones isn't going to disappoint you this week. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um, just on the Cincinnati side, Baltimore's allowing the 20th most points to the quarterback, 14th most to the running back, 26th the most to the wide receiver, and 5th most to the tight end. Um, Baltimore is allowing the most receiving yards 
to the running back. So yes, it's not an, a great matchup rushing-wise for the running back. It's right, really middle of the pack. But the fact that they're allowing the most receiving yards to the running back and Joe Mixon is a true three-down back in that offense, I feel like this is great for Joe Mixon in a PPR league. Uh, they're also allowing the fourth most yards receiving to the tight end. So I feel mm -hmm. like Uzama is a really good start this week. Might talk about him more tomorrow. And also just, I think this offense, I said it last week, I think this offense is elite. I think Joe Burrow is an every week start. He's got too many weapons. He's got a half decent offensive line. And it, he's he's doing it against half decent, like pretty good defenses too. I think that uh, I think I think Burroughs you can start with some decent uh, confidence in this one despite it not being a plus matchup. Uh, I think Baltimore's defense is better than the numbers suggest. Uh, they've ended up big a couple of times and been thrown at a lot, but I think. I think Burrow is is good enough. I think this offense is good enough, and Mixon's such a difference maker. He he does everything very well. It, it's hard to see Cincinnati struggling to to move the ball, and I think that their defense is good enough that I think they're going to stop Baltimore from really punishing them offensively which can lead to issues when you're having to change your game plan you know midway through the second quarter because you're down by 20 points it it really changes everything about how you approach things whereas I think Cincinnati will be in this throughout the game uh, whether or not they win it I think Burrow will be good, and I think most of their weapons will be good. The only person yeah. I'm sitting out of this that's a relatively big name would be T. Higgins. Yeah, I could. I, I. I don't know. I think I have too much, too much confidence, and Boyd being a safety blanket, and Jamar Chase being just one of those guys that has a pretty high ceiling. Like, yeah, he in a matchup like this it, against Baltimore, being pretty good against the wide receiver. And Marlon Humphrey on the other side, I I can see one of them being shut down, but I think Chase is just too good. Like he's gonna get like a fifty yard reception, might be a touchdown, and he's probably gonna get two two or three screen passes. So he's still gonna be relevant. I don't think you can shut down Chase. You can just limit him. But yeah, I definitely think Higgins. He's not someone that I'd be super confident in starting this week. So I, I agree with you there. Uh, let's take a look at Baltimore. Cincinnati, as you said, is a pretty good defense. They're allowing the 27th most points to the quarterback, the 22nd most to the running back, the 23rd most to the wide receiver, and the 26th most to the tight end. We talked about it off the top of the show. Ronnie Stanley is probably missing the rest of the year. He is a very, very good left tackle. They have lost him in previous years, and yes, they were like Lamar Jackson was still able to do what he what he does, and they still had a good running game. But they also had Orlando Brown, who would go from the right side to the left side. So they don't have that anymore because he's in Kansas City. I still think Lamar has a safe baseline with his rushing, but I like I just 
I have nightmares of remember a few years ago when the Cowboys were this really great offense and then they lost Tyron Smith and both Dak and Zeke were irrelevant. Yeah, I think uh, offensive lineman is one of those very undervalued and underrated positions that really makes such a difference to just about every facet of an offense. And it's, I mean, Jackson, Lamar is just so quick. It's, he's going to be able to get out of the pocket. He's going to be able to get yardage. He He's just so quick that there's really no team where I think it's hard not to see him getting run yards. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. The running backs... It, it, it's hard to see this being outside of some touchdown upside potential. Um, it, it's really hard to see anything being really amazing for any of them. Yeah. I and, and this, I don't know if this might sound surprising, but I think Cincinnati wins this game. I think that's a very possible prediction. Uh, if I was going to bet on either, I would probably lean towards Baltimore, just as I think you've got a little bit of a big brother syndrome going on here. But I think Cincinnati, I mean, it's not far from 50-50 coin flip who wins this. Yeah, I and I, I have really low expectations for all the wide receivers on Baltimore, but I, I do want to add Bateman. I think with the amount of targets he had last week in his first game didn't turn into much, but he had a lot of targets. They drafted him as a wide receiver. He is that prototypical big number one that everyone's looking at. Lamar has taken a step forward this week, this year passing the ball. So I think like he is a very good ad. If you're in a keeper league, I mean, he's probably already owned a dynasty, but if you're in a keeper league, I think Bateman's a really good ad. I think that's fair. I think, um, I think somebody's going to get some passes. I think this is not a, a plus matchup necessarily for any of their wide receivers. But if I had to, you know, it, it, it's not a bad week to add Bateman. It's not a bad week to leave him on your bench, though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be starting him. I wouldn't be starting him this week, but I would definitely look to add him. Andrews is an okay start, too. But like I said, Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. Do you have anything else to add, or should we move on to the next matchup? If you're going to start a running back, I'd probably go with Murray, just because I think he'll probably be the most likely to get a touchdown. But if he doesn't play because of the ankle injury, who are you leaning towards? If if he plays, yeah. If he if he if he doesn't play, are you looking to a completely different player and not even? Worrying if about he doesn't anyone. play, I have zero idea who's gonna <laughs> take their backfield. And I, I would lean not. Freeman, but I, yeah, Free, I, I, I don't want to play that Freeman's game. Freeman's <laughs> a good possibility, but I don't think anything is a hundred percent in that backfield. Uh, if, Absolutely. I mean, even when Murray's in the game, I don't think it's necessarily a hundred percent. But I think he's at least, you know, giving you some confidence at this point. Did you see who they signed to the practice squad today? I did not. Like, if you were thinking blast for the blast from the past with Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, they signed Lamar Miller to the practice squad today. <laughs> of course they did. 
Like, I don't understand. Anyways, let's go to the next matchup because their running backs just infuriate me. Um, the New York Jets against New England Patriots. I don't really want to talk much about this one on the New York Jets side of the ball because New England's 19th most points to the quarterback, 21st to the running back, 19th to the wide receiver, and 21st to the tight end. I am not confident in starting a single player on the Jets side of the ball. There's there's really no reason to be. I mean, there's a couple, like you could make a case for Davis or a few others, but I, I would not. I think you can pretty much just don't start a Jet at this point and uh, move on. It's really strange because like the Jets and the Texans are very similar in the sense that you, you only, if you ever have confidence in starting someone on the team, it's, it's Corey Davis or it's Brandon Cooks. Like there's not really a whole lot of confidence in anybody else. Occasionally you'll get a, a plus matchup where you think you might get a running back who has a great game, but yeah, um, week to week, both those teams, they just, they don't have enough to really give you any faith at quarterback. Yeah. So uh, it's it's young guys, right? Sometimes they have great games, but they also give you two points or negative points at the quarterback position sometimes. And you you, you just can't do that when you're, you know, week to week trying to win games absolutely all right let's look at the new england side of the ball because i feel like there's a lot more there um the jets are allowing the 26th most points to the quarterback second most to the running back 30th most to the wide receiver and 11th most to the tight end the jets are allowing the third most receiving yards to running to the running back position so i i know hey, harris is going to be a good start just because the amount of points the Jets are allowing to the running back. But I think Ramondre Stevenson has established himself. And obviously with James White being gone, I think Stevenson is a high ceiling flex play this week based off the fact that the Jets are allowing so much, so many receiving yards to the running back. I think, I think just the fact that it's, it seems like the kind of matchup where Bilicek is just going to, run the ball down the Jets' throat for the entire game. Uh, I don't Talking about see big them... brother syndrome from the last matchup, this is kind of the same thing. <laughs> well, and, and Belichick is notorious for not changing up game plan with big leads. He will, yeah. you know, step on their throat. Um, so, it... it you know, it's possible he's got a, a different game plan, but I think that where he's going to see the most kind of plus matchup and value in this one is just to, to really go with some short stuff, um, you know, get some passing plays to Henry Stevenson maybe, um, but I don't think he's going to have an aggressive game plan. I don't see any reason that he would want to, and he's going to probably just run it down their throat. And that plays well for Harris and Stevenson because Harris can't take every carry. Yeah, he is banged up right now too, so. Yeah. I think that does play well for Stevenson especially. Um, I'm not – I know the Jets are – like their defense isn't great, but they actually have been pretty good against the wide receiver in fantasy this year. 
So I'm not really looking to play Myers this week, but I think Hunter Henry as a tight end starter this week is great. I mean, we talked about it a bit. He does seem like he might be an every week starter because he is being used by Mac Jones a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think part of uh, like obviously the Jets are decent against the quarterback and wide receiver. I think a large part of it comes from the fact that they just get beat hard and run over um, more yeah. so than the fact that they're actually really really good like I think their numbers are very inflated because of how bad they are but I think that this is still not a good matchup for them I think New England is going to come in I don't think they're going to be aggressive throwing the ball at all I think they're going to come in they're going to run them over and they're going to play their game plan which should favor well into the tight end position um, should favor Henry's well a good blocking back. tight end too. Pardon me. Henry is a good blocking tight end, so he does get in on a lot of snaps. So I, I think I, I just think obviously for any kind of play action, he to me he's their best receiver. Yeah, I I I I think that's definitely a, a fair statement. Um, I think this is even not a terrible, you know, dart throw for Johnu, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think there's a good chance they they run the ball a lot, throw the tight ends, and do safe plays for most of it. Don't take any real risks, um, and and that's that's not going to play well for Myers if they're not throwing it more than you know five ten yards. All right, well let's uh, let's go to the next matchup, which is Kansas City versus Tennessee. Looking at Kansas City, Tennessee's allowing the fifth most points to the quarterback, 20th most to the running back, most points to the wide receiver, and 30th most points to the tight end. Tennessee is also allowing the most yards receiving to wide receiver, which obviously is contributing to that most points to the wide receiver. But just when when a team is allowing the most receiving yards to to a certain position, I feel like it makes a very safe floor for that top wide receiver on the team and even safe flex plays for other wide receivers on the team. So you're starting you're starting Mahomes, you're starting Tyreek, you're starting Kelsey. Um, I think McCole Hardman is a very safe flex with a very high ceiling this week. And then also Daryl Williams is he's he's a, he's a low end running back to to flex for me this week just cuz Tennessee is pretty good against the running back position. And they did pretty well against Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in the Monday Nighter. So, yeah, I I think that expecting Williams to have a repeat of uh, last week is probably expecting a lot more than you should out of him. I think he'll be fine enough to fill a flex spot, but I would not have a ton of faith in him, other than the fact that. Um, there's a possibility, I mean, Tennessee has been terrible defensively. They have not been able to hold on to leads almost at all, and they're up against um, one of the more dominant running backs in the league. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's hard to see Tennessee really pulling away in this one, 
to where you see Williams getting a lot more work like he did last week when they were up. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, obviously the top three, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, you're starting those guys every week. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, Hardman, I think he is a great flex this week. Uh, I think he has a. I think he has a really good game. Absolutely. All right. Well, looking at the Tennessee side of the ball, just because there's so many obvious obvious choices on Kansas City, um, Kansas City is allowing the second most points to the quarterback, thirteenth most points to the running back, twenty first most to the wide receiver, and fourth most to the tight end. Kansas City is also allowing the most yards receiving to the running back position. Um, or sorry, I, th- I believe it was the sorry fourth most yards receiving to the running back position. So you could see Derrick Henry. He's been catching passes in in his previous game. So you could see him get some passing work this week. Tannehill's a great streamer, and uh, I, I think Julio's probably going to miss this one with a hamstring injury. Yeah, I, I think I think you nailed it. Uh, Tannehill's a great streamer. Um... Whoever is a receiver on this team is probably not a bad streamer. It's there's going to be a lot of a lot of yards, I think, for both teams. Uh, but I think Tennessee is is safe. Tannehill's going to throw the ball somewhere. Uh, Henry may get a couple of those, but he's not. It's not one of those where you can expect he's going to get most of his work out of the receiving game. No, he's there's got, going to be yeah. a lot of yards, a lot of passes, a lot of touchdowns, and I think uh, there's definitely a lot of potential with their receiving and tight end core. Yeah, I mean he's he's the leading rusher in the league. He's absolutely ridiculous. I just this week if he gets passing work, like there are two running backs that I am very scared of if I'm playing in any league. And Henry is one this week just because there is such a high floor. All right, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Detroit versus the Rams. Looking at Detroit, LA is allowing the 21st most points to the quarterback, 18th most to the running back, 17th most to the wide receiver, and 18th most to the tight end. I'm not going to start Jared Goff this week. The Rams defense is very good. I think they're going to be able to take advantage of Detroit's offensive line. Got and I uh, just it's I feel like a lot of the times people talk about revenge games for players that are coming back. I think Stafford is gonna absolutely light up Detroit, and I think that the Rams defense is gonna completely destroy that offensive line and almost everything else. <laughs> yeah, um I I think about the only two that I would have any faith in this week and those that's not high faith um, would be uh, Swift and Hawkinson. I uh, 100% agree. Yeah. Swift has a decent amount of receiving upside uh, and Hawkinson is absolutely, you know, their best offensive weapon. Uh, so I think it's, and he's so good blocking too that he's, yeah. he's just on. He's gonna as long as he is healthy, he's on the field, and it's hard not to see him at least having a decent game. 
and then Swift, um, you know, if if you got him, you probably paid higher than you should have for him. So you're probably going to want to start him. This isn't the most terrible matchup, even though it is against a good defense. Yeah. And another another note that I wanted to add here is Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I If I'm looking for a wide receiver for my bench right now with the potential of slotting into my lineup, I think he's a great add. I'm not starting him this week, but uh, he seems to be getting the targets. He seems to be getting like involved in the offense. Like Regardless of the fact that they have Hawkinson and Swift is really good at pass catching, Jamal Williams is there too, they still need a wide receiver. Like You have to have somebody on the outside or that's playing in the slot for your offense. Like it, they, it, it has to happen. So, uh, I mean, and, and Goff is going to throw it long. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to the Rams side of the ball. Detroit's allowing the 16th most points to the quarterback, most points to the running back, 24th most points to the wide receiver and 20th uh, most points to the tight end. I'm not too confident in starting Stafford this week just because I feel like they're going to run over Detroit all game. I think he's going to provide enough enough, um, enough uh, work that he's going to make uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods safe plays this week. But I think Henderson is just going to be running all over Detroit all game. I, th- I think this game you could even look at towards Sony Michelle. Like, I think that the Rams are just going to absolutely run them over. And I, I don't, this is another one of those games where it's hard to really have a lot of, like I could see Stafford throwing no touchdowns in this one. Uh, I think if you got Cooper cup, you're obviously feeling pretty confident in starting him any week. He's, you know, one of the best receivers in, in football right now, but I, I don't even know if I th- see Robert Woods as being safe. Like, I think this is not a – it's not a plus matchup because it's just such a plus matchup. Uh, I think Detroit is awful. The Rams are really good. And I think the Rams are just going to beat them down. And, uh, yeah, I – I don't have as much faith in the quarterback and receiver position this week. I own Cooper Cup in every single league I'm in. So, I mean, I'm starting him no matter what because he's unbelievable. Oh, um, you, if you have Cup, you're starting Cup. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not starting Cup, it's maybe because you're in a two-team league. Yeah. Um, I think Woods – the reason why I think Woods is safe is because of the amount of the amount of – time he's on the field each week so and I feel like Detroit is gonna want to end up starting like stopping the run and then it's gonna be that's when Stafford might be able to throw uh these passes to to Cup and Woods after Detroit pretty much sells out to stop the run hopefully but uh, I think I think in a PPR league Woods and Cup are safe plays this week I think Tyler Higby I'm I'm ready to cut Tyler Higby, in my opinion, just because it seems that it's one or two receptions a week and it's only touchdown upside. And I just think there are too many other players that are have more touchdown upside on that offense than him. 
I mean, I'll I'll be honest, and and I know this is a little bit of dig of a dig at you because you do have a middle. I do. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I was ready to cut Higby a couple weeks ago. Uh, I like. I think you're better off if you if you've got a guy like that. You're better off streaming plus matchup tight ends. Yeah. Than you are rolling with a, you know fringe tight end one who has a really low ceiling uh like Higby. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm almost ready to move on. We'll find out. Sorry to uh, call you out there. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's all right. I mean I also did kind of toot my own horn saying I own Cooper Cup in all three leagues I'm in, so I mean I'll take I'll take the uh the shot at Higby you win some, you lose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, going on to the last matchup of the show, Philadelphia versus Las Vegas. Uh, Philadelphia side of the ball, Vegas is 23rd against the quarterback, uh, 23rd most points to the quarterback, 11th most points to the running back, 29th most points to the wide receiver, and 7th most points to the tight end. I say this a lot. I know I probably sound like a broken record. Hurts is a safe start just because of the rushing baseline. Sanders? Is... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Hertz is a bad football quarterback. He's a very good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Um, he really is. It's painful to watch him sometimes. He, he He's a bad football quarterback. But yeah. he, I think he's QB5 right now or something like that, and he's going to deliver for you. And I'm I, I'm thinking, like, this thought pops into my head as soon as you say he's QB5, and I'm pro- I know I've probably already said this before, it was probably it was probably on a show last week. Just the fact that Blake Bortles was QB three one year and he was a terrible quarterback. Like, yeah, it's just it's the rushing baseline. It just helps too much. It's broken. Um, moving on from from frustrating terrible quarterbacks that are great for fantasy, um, I think I have been really down on Miles Sanders, and I know that I said he's an an efficient run an inefficient runner. And he's not getting enough touches and all of this in the offense. But he's actually averaging, I think, the stat that I saw was the most yards per touch in the league right now. And I feel like you can go buy him for super, super low off of whoever owns him. And he can be a third or fourth running back on your team. And if for some reason Sirianni decides to start running the ball... It could be amazing. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a Sanders fan. I have zero belief in him. Um, I haven't seen that statistic. <laughs> I was pretty shocked when I saw it, okay? But it was from Pro Football Focus. So I... I tend... was thinking you might have read it on The Onion, but... Uh, no, <laughs> nope. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's... When I have seen him he's looked very inefficient uh it might be the fact that he gets stuffed on three of his runs behind the line and then his fourth run is for like 80 yards that might be the reason why yeah but that's a terrible nfl running back like you don't want a guy who who sucks all but one play a game you want a guy who can get you consistently three or four yards and then occasionally break something big. 
and and Sanders seems to fall over when guys breathe on him too heavy. Uh, I... A lot of the plays and. It, it's just hard to see them ever leaning on a guy and giving him 20 touches in a game. I know they want to. They keep trying uh, with him. They keep, you know, giving him those, giving the, him those touches. But you know, it, it doesn't matter if you break a big play every now and then. If you get zero and negative yards and stuff a lot of the time and. I just, I don't see Sanders, he's not a bad trade target, uh, depending on who you're trading with, a lot of people are going to be frustrated and sell him low, some people might be, you know, pot committed and unwilling to sell him for less than around what they drafted him for. But, but I, that's that's what I'm saying, like I think you may be able to go get him for guys that you're probably not start putting in your starting lineup anyways. And obviously the running back position is a premium position. And if for some reason, I just, I feel like it's a really, it's a really good roll of the dice. Like the last couple weeks, he's had 11 and nine attempts. Obviously that's not awesome. You would like to see above 15, but he's been in, he's been in the game for 75% of the snaps and 83% of the snaps last week. He averaged 6.22 yards per carry last week. He also saw four targets last week. So I just, I feel like you can go get him for cheap. And it's just, it's one of those, yeah, if he doesn't turn out, okay, you didn't really give up much. But if he does, if for some reason Philadelphia figures it out, and like the matchups that he has coming up, like Vegas this week is a plus matchup. He's got Detroit next week which is the best matchup for running backs. And then he's got the Chargers, who is a very good matchup for running backs as well. Uh, Denver, not a great matchup, but uh, like New Orleans, New York, Giants, like you're getting into you're getting into some matchups that aren't great, but the the like he's got the Jets, he's got Washington, he's got the Giants again and then Washington in the final like in the finals. Like he could be in in my opinion, he could be a league winner. If Philadelphia starts giving the ball at least fifteen times a game, I, I think if you give Hertz a brain transplant and uh, you know change their coaching staff, maybe you have a chance. Then I think Hertz steals a lot of touches from him, and I I think he's going to have some good games. I don't think his ceiling is ever going to be that high. I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to go try and acquire Miles Sanders in every league I'm in. Fair enough. I wish I had him <laughs> to trade to. <laughs> um, I have pretty low expectations for uh, Devon Smith and Jalen Rager this week. Uh, Smith is going to get the Casey Hayward treatment, so I'm not, I'm not super stoked on that. Um, and then Goddard is all by himself now. So I think for all of the times that everybody's been really excited about Dallas Goddard and hoping that he was going to, like, they were going to ship off Hertz or they were going to cut him or anything along those lines, we finally get to see what that's like. And I think, I think he is an awesome start, an awesome play for the rest of the year. 
Isn't isn't he on uh, COVID protocol right now? Yeah, that's the one thing I was going to mention. He's still on the COVID list, so let's see what happens. I think he is, he would be eligible to come back for this week's game if he Fair could enough. get enough negative tests. Yeah. All right, do you have anything to add on the Philadelphia side of the ball? Nope. All right, so going over to the Vegas side of the ball, Philadelphia is the 22nd most points to the quarterback, 7th most points to the running back, 28th most points to the wide receiver, 8th most points to the tight end. And Philadelphia is also allowing the 5th most rush yards to the running back. In my opinion, this makes Josh Jacobs an absolutely fantastic start this week. Safe floor, positive matchup for points. I don't see Ruggs having a very good week. He's going to get the Darius Slay treatment. It's not a good matchup for wide receivers. I think Darren Waller, he hasn't been as heavily targeted as he was at the beginning of the year. I think you're going to see it kind of go back to that a little bit this week just because of how good Vegas' the secondary is against wide receiver. Yeah, I think that... Um... I think Jacobs obviously is someone you want to target. I think that Vegas has proved me wrong enough this year that I am having a bit of troubles with not uh, giving them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, obviously, Waller, you're playing. Um, I think if you have Jacobs, he hasn't been an every week start for you, but I think this is definitely a good week for you to start him. And Carr, I mean, Carr's been Carr's been very good this year, and he's been good in a couple of bad matchups. So it's hard not to trust him at least a little bit, especially if you're in a super flex 2QB league or anything like that. Single QB, I think you can find a better quarterback this week. But if you do decide to start him, if you've got all your slots full and you've got Carr on your team right now, I don't think he's the worst start in the world. All right. Well, uh, do you have anything else to add to this matchup? No, I think that's it. All right, well, that is it for tonight. Thank you to everyone that has listened to this. We will be back tomorrow. Um, I know I probably said this several times. Hopefully it is with Zach. He has said that he is going to be here tomorrow. We should hopefully hear from him as well. We will be looking at the other four matchups for the week, get into some start-sit decisions as well as a bold prediction from each one of us, and take a look at some buy, uh, buy and sell. All right, well, if you have any questions, you can contact us at potbellypigskinfantasyfootball.com. Uh, sorry, fantasyfootball at gmail.com. Um, and you can also listen to us. We are on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. All right, well, thanks, and have yourself a good rest of the night.